Hello, welcome back to Bush History. I'm David Bush, and you are once again listening to my ongoing series of podcasts on pivotal Supreme Court decisions. Additional information can be found on my website at www.bushhistory.net. And today we're going to be talking about a very famous case, Miranda versus Arizona, and this is in 1966. So we have Ernesto Miranda. Some background. On March 13, 1963, Ernesto Miranda was arrested in his house and brought to the police station where he was questioned by police officers in connection with the kidnapping and rape. After two hours of interrogation, the police obtained a written confession from Miranda. The written confession was admitted into evidence at trial despite the objection of the defense attorney and the fact that the police officers admitted that they had not advised Miranda of his rights to have an attorney present during the interrogation. Also, Miranda's ability to understand English was limited. It's thought that he really didn't even understand what he was signing. The jury, though, found Miranda guilty. On appeal, the Supreme Court of Arizona affirmed and held that Miranda's constitutional rights were not violated because he did not specifically request counsel. So the question was, should Miranda have known to request counsel? Do the Fifth Amendment's protections against self-incrimination extend to the police interrogation of a suspect? Well, there's a lot to this, so we'll build on in the discussion. Decisions are going to be 5-4 to four for Miranda. Chief Justice Earl Warren delivered the opinion of the 5-4 to four majority. The Supreme Court held that the Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination is available in all settings. Therefore, Prosecution may not use statements arising from the interrogation of a suspect unless certain procedural safeguards were in place, really meaning that the suspect has got to know his or her rights and that we're going to end up with the Miranda rights because of that. Such safeguards include proof that the suspect was aware of his right to be silent, that any statement he makes may be used against him, that he has the right to have an attorney present, that he's the right to have an attorney appointed to him, that he may waive these rights if he does so voluntarily, and that if at any point he requests an attorney, there'll be no further questioning until the attorney arrives. And of course, Ernesto Miranda didn't know any of that stuff. The court held that in each of these cases, the interrogation techniques used did not technically fall into the category of coercive, but because Ernesto was not aware of his rights at the time, they decided, the court decided that this was simply an unfair practice. Additional information going along with this, Miranda was retried in 1967 after the original case against him was thrown out. This time, the prosecution, instead of using the confession, introduced other evidence and called witnesses. One witness, her name was Twill Hoffman, a woman with whom Miranda was living with at the time. She testified that he had told her of committing a crime. So there we have the idea that he told a confidant. Miranda was convicted and sentenced to serve 20 to 30 years. Well, Miranda was paroled in 1972, and that was only five years later. After his release, he returned to his old neighborhood and made a living autographing copies of the new Miranda rights that every policeman now had to recite. Interestingly enough, Miranda met his end as a result of a barroom fight. He was stabbed to death during an argument in a bar on January 31st, 1976. The police read the suspect his Miranda rights. Unlike Miranda, he exercised his right to remain silent. With no evidence against him, 
he was released. So what do we have here? We have Ernesto Miranda was arrested, charged with kidnapping and rape, convicted, and then his confession was brought into question. Did he understand English? Did he know his rights? And that's how he ended up in the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court basically said that a suspect is not required to know his rights and it is the obligation of the arresting authorities to make sure that the suspect knows his rights. And that's where we get the whole Miranda rights things. So Miranda did not walk. The confession was just inadmissible. The case was thrown out and Miranda was retried and he was found to be guilty using witnesses and confidants that he had confessed to. Uh, He only served five years in jail, got out of jail, became somewhat of a local celebrity, signing copies of Miranda rights, ends up in a barroom fight, is stabbed to death, and then the suspect who stabbed him had his Miranda rights read to him. And because no one would stand up and say that he saw him do it, that suspect was let go. And that's what happens to Miranda. What we have coming out of that is the fact that every policeman now has to read a suspect their Miranda rights and the suspect has to agree that they understand what those rights mean. So for now, I'm David Bush and that is the story of Ernesto Miranda and the Miranda rights. Have a good day.